This is a 3CR community radio podcast, and Psychedelia is broadcast every Sunday from 2pm. For more info on anything you hear in the show, head to 3cr.org.au and follow the links to the Encyclopedia program page. Good afternoon and welcome to Encyclopedia on this uh, sunny Sunday afternoon. Uh, quite the uh, warm autumn weather we're having here. I think I saw something like uh, the hottest um, hottest uh, March in 77 years or something like that. Though I keep realising, like... I keep reading these reports all the time, and um, I, I'm pretty sure it's like every other every other week, every other month is like the hottest year in this much of a time period. And I don't know. I suppose there's ways that you can play with these things. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it just seems a bit. Possibly uh, that's climate change happening. Nick. That, oh, that's uh, <laughs> no doubt. This is in psychedelia. We are going to be talking about uh, all sorts of drug issues intersecting, uh, well, the, at the intersection of um, of society more broadly and um, and the substances that people use. Uh, um, we're going to be catching up with Shane Rattenbury from the ACT Greens uh, this afternoon. Uh, Shane uh, has recently launched a campaign for pill testing to happen in the ACT, so we'll hear a little bit about that. Uh, also going to be speaking with uh, Stephen Jolly, Councillor Stephen Jolly, uh, Socialist Councillor for the City of Yarra, um, about a meeting that he is going to be having regarding the medically supervised injecting centre and getting some uh, more movement about that. Uh, thank you to Freedom of Species too, who will be back uh, from one o'clock next week on 3CR. If you want to find out any more information about them or if you would like to find more information about ourselves the 3cr website is the place to go 3cr.org.au follow the links to the program page uh a lot of us have podcasts so you can subscribe there and we've also usually got social media or a website and you can find heaps more information on those places we're going to uh, jump into some uh, some news if i can find oh there it is and psychedelia news of the week i don't own or advocate that everyone should use illicit drugs. I think it's a, a huge decision made with the right amount of research and forethought. The intention is to discourage ICE use. The actual effect is it encourages the stigmatisation of people who use this drug. The risk there is people are less likely to disclose their use even when they're experiencing some issues, so they're less likely to access essential health services. The potential for harm increases. People feel hesitant to be open about who they are because they're afraid of judgment from family members or people at work or, or just people in society in general. Many of them have conservative mindsets regardless of their politics uh, and will just say, oh well, then the, the, the government are not looking after us and therefore it seems as a law and order issue rather than a, a social problem that needs to be dealt with on, on a Drug news from Melbourne and around the world. So a little bit from overseas this week, and I think we'll start with some, um, I guess, some some news about the pharmaceutical industry. Often in this space, there's this kind of competition and disconnect between what's an illicit drug and what's a prescribed drug, and um, only one of those seem to get highlighted for their bad behaviour. Although this week that's changed a little bit with. Um, Washington City suing Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Uh, 
They're alleging that um, Purdue Pharma knowingly allowed OxyContin, a strong uh, opiate painkiller, to flow into the black market. And the the mayor, Ray Steve Stevenson, uh, had stepped up patrols, hired social workers to uh, go around the city and uh, provide housing for chronically homeless people. And this is all in response to the OxyContin crisis there, where a lot of people have become addicted to it. And then sometimes when they're shifted off the prescription, they move on to heroin and that causes a, a lot of problems as well. And so the mayor there is uh, suing the pharmaceutical company, which obviously will defend themselves vigorously, but it's a bit of a change in the dynamics there. Interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, staying on opiates uh, over in the UK, uh, the police are apparently, well, police in, in one area, in Durham, um, are planning to give free heroin heroin. Uh, in a bid to get addicts off drugs and tackle criminal gangs, which does sound a little bit counterintuitive if you don't quite understand the way that these sort of things work. So obviously you're probably aware that uh, opiates are uh, quite addictive. They have a strong uh, physical uh, dependence reaction um, and it can make it very hard for people to, if they, even if they don't want to be having heroin or an opiate anymore, um, they still feel like they need it because of the uh, the physical response. Uh, the response to that that we've generally seen, in Australia at least, is the methadone program. Methadone being a substitute drug for heroin that doesn't have uh, quite the same effects, but still appears to be just as, if not more, addictive. Um, and uh, the, it's, it's meant to sort of wean people off heroin that way, but then there's another question of, well, does it just sort of replace one with the other? And why wouldn't you just give them the one that they want in the first place and the kind of support they need. So this is where um, a, a police force in the UK have uh, jumped in. Uh, Durham is the town in the UK and they, they said that uh, we need to get over our moral panic about giving people heroin as part of a treatment plan. Our primary concern is to prevent crime. If we've got people who are addicted to a class A drugs committing crime, it makes good sense to get that person off drugs. Addiction is a medical problem, not a criminal justice problem. Uh, they're also talking about uh, setting up some safe injecting centres uh, in the area as well, but just thought that was a pretty novel solution. Yeah, I think outside of the senior police and the politics of it all, it's, it's once the local police get on board with harm reduction and supporting things like supervised injecting centres, prescribing heroin actually takes a lot of the other problems out of it for the police because, you know, an injecting centre won't won't solve the fact that there's still people trafficking drugs. It won't solve the fact that people are still potentially committing crime to be able to afford to buy the drugs. So it actually solves a lot of the police's side of that issue. <clears throat> oh, yeah, back to me. <laughs> actually, I'll just one more thing on that. Just with some of the research I was doing around the parliamentary inquiry, um, actually came across Australia's response to heroin in terms of the international regulation. It took over 20 years for Australia to be bullied into criminalizing heroin because it was seen as they fought very strongly on the basis that it was useful in medicine and it was being widely used in medicine. And so, yeah, it basically took two decades for the international community to, to bully them into submission. Um, and now we just fall behind. Yeah, Come well, on, right now we're kind of treading water. Yeah. Um, so one more from the pharmaceutical industry. This week, GlaxoSmithKline, the large pharmaceutical company, has been fined $3 billion for um, basically bribing doctors and misrepresenting the safety of some of their products. Um, 
Hang on, here we go. So the psychiatrists and their partners were flown to five-star hotels on all-expenses-paid trips where speakers paid up to $2,500 to attend, gave presentations on the drugs. They could enjoy diving, golf, fishing, and other extra activities arranged by the company. Um, and there's allegations. Well, actually, they're not allegations. The company's admitted to a lot of this behavior um, where doctors that were funded by the pharmaceutical company, when they refused to remove safety warnings about some of the products in, um, in the medical literature, they were defunded um, by the, the pharmaceutical company. So mm. one of the things that they've done is, um, uh, I guess, inappropriately prescribed uh, certain drugs to children that weren't there was no safety uh, profile for that and, and no recommended prescribing guidelines that that suited that kind of prescribing so yeah big pharma getting a bit of a spanking this week uh, crossing over to WA where uh, the, the reporting is that um, there are a number of potentially deadly synthetic drugs that are being seized at WA borders uh, after about a year of this legislation that came in place, about one of uh, half a dozen uh, changes to the uh, Drug Control Act over in WA um, that have been aimed at uh, stopping this problem once and for all, and they all take the same approach of uh, prohibition and unfortunately lead down the same path that prohibition has, which is not a particularly productive one. Anyway, the Department of Immigration and Border Protection show... Uh, border force officials have made 176 detections of novel psychoactive substances uh, between September 2015 and now. Oh, and oh, sorry, September 2015 and December last year. Um, they're they're saying that the uh, oh, well, actually in the story they've got they're sort of using another angle, which is the uh, the story of a young man who uh, passed away a um, number of months ago. Uh, after he had tried a endbone uh, 25i endbone uh, and it uh, unfortunately did, obviously didn't go well for him but they're linking this in there endbone being one of the you know novel psychoactive substances out there but i sort of i, I yeah they they're seizing them and they're talking about these new laws that are prohibiting them yet this was a, an illegal drug and it still harmed him and Sort of, yeah, I sort of don't see where the solution is in, in doing that. Like, what are, you, what are you actually solving by pushing the market all the time, all the time, until people end up with obscure uh, and strong and, and potentially deadly uh, substances? But the other, the other side of this is a lot of novel psychoactives. Are, I mean, novel psychoactive is a bit of a rubbish category anyway. It's one of the, like, no, what does that mean? New drug. What is a new drug? Well, it depends on who you're speaking to because I've seen in some reports uh, uh, drugs that have been known about in humanity for hundreds, perhaps thousands of years, be described as NPS by these uh, agencies that clearly don't know what they're talking about. But uh, the, the category is meant to be uh, meaning new drugs. But a new drug does not necessarily mean a harmful one. And there could be some interesting things out there for all sorts of different purposes. So, you know, it, it's not good having a guinea pig style market. That's not how things should be. But just because something, something is new doesn't mean that it's dangerous. However, the uh, rhetoric from the police is, um, you know, more or less the same as we've heard all the time. The quote here is, it's killing people, killing kids. You could have a batch and bad luck if you pick the wrong one. These drugs are disguised in different forms of either a trip or an E. It all just comes in nice packaging so people don't even know what they're taking. 
I don't want any other mother to go through what I've gone through. Words can't even describe the pain. Uh, that's the, the mum uh, of the young man who passed away there, but I believe, is that the, uh, no, that, that was the mother speaking there. Um, and understandably very um, upset about the situation. But again, I'm, I'm sort of like, to me, it seems like you're saying that we're going to solve the problem by prohibiting these drugs that were, that the problem already occurred while they were prohibited anyway like it's not it's not really a solution are you looking for logic in drug policy nick yeah, I'm, it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> um okay so maybe a little bit of like more positive news uh from the home front in the act there's been a recent review by researchers at the university of new south wales into what's called the through care program that's been piloted at alexander McConaughey Centre in Hume um, and essentially it's one of those uh, you may have heard the term restorative justice uh, before and it's the idea that um, what we're trying to do with the justice system isn't necessarily to punish people it's to try and like you know yeah sure okay so they have to go and pay their time and when that's done we want to reintegrate people into the community right now the recidivism rate in Australia is about 45% that's how many prisoners go back into jail um, within two years of being released. And so it's a way to try and reincorporate people back into community, give them some ties into the community so it helps them with housing, um, with employment and all of this kind of stuff. And it's been very successful. Um, it's lowered the recidivism rate in that area. And um, this is, you know, like often there's an argument about cost, right? We don't want to spend money on these people and pensioners are needing this and other people are needing that and all the rest of it. But if you compare that to the cost of like incarceration and putting somebody back through the justice system rather than rather than helping them to become a, a tax-paying functional member of society, mm -hmm. uh, it's a no-brainer in terms of cost effect. So hopefully we can see more of this sort of program rolled out around Australia. Interesting editorial in the uh, Australian Financial Review uh, this past week from a WA Liberal Senator, uh, Dean Smith is his name, uh, appears to be a little L liberal uh, in terms of uh, uh, his position. So he was making an argument about um, uh, some uh, bureaucracies especially being unaccountable, essentially. There's, there's nobody that's elected um, in there. They, these uh, agencies sort of get this uh, mandate to do uh what they want and sometimes that feels like it's uh, misused a bit and uh, Dean said another independent body making illogical decisions is the Therapeutic Goods Administration which is refusing to permit the legal sale of e-cigarettes in Australia despite clear evidence based on international experience that they help people to quit smoking. Uh, so he's just making the point that the, the TGA recently, uh, multiple to actually they, they've had multiple um, uh, times uh, of uh, companies uh, or individuals making applications to the TGA either to get uh, e-cigarettes registered as a... Uh, as a, as a health device, which is what the TGA expects that e-cigarettes should be regulated as, otherwise they shouldn't be sold is sort of their thinking, and also uh, to get nicotine juice scheduled. So at the moment, the situation is if, if people want to buy nicotine juice uh, for their e-cigarette, uh, 
you have you technically have to have a prescription from your doctor and you have to import it from overseas um so it's a bit of a it's a bit of a silly situation considering uh there is probably somewhere you can buy cigarettes within 250 meters of you right now wherever you are maybe not if you're really far away i'm just, i'm think, thinking if you're a suburban uh, if you've got a convenience store near you then you can probably get a uh, pack of cigarettes but e-cigarettes which appear to be much less harmful uh you cannot and the tga's uh, decisions have have been um, more or less doing this sort of erring on the side of caution thing, but erring on the side of caution to such an extent that they're actually sort of, in a roundabout way, standing up for the sale of tobacco by creating a situation where, to because of, you know, historical anomalies, ultimately a lot of these people want to see tobacco restricted as well, but because it's not, and they're getting in quickly with e-cigarettes, it's, it's creating a... a you know, a, a disparate situation where the tobacco is still widely available, but the regulations for e-cigarettes are so um, hard, difficult to deal with for a lot of people that they just don't, don't even bother with it. So that was in the Australian Financial Review this week. Might just do a turbocharge across a couple of uh, articles from the United States. The Drug Policy Alliance, uh, one of the leading drug policy organisations in the world, has um, called out the Attorney General Jeff Sessions, who has continued his anti-drug rhetoric saying that we need to return to the drug abstinence programs of the 1980s with just say no and get the cops into these schools to tell the kids what's what. <clears throat> and all of this has been shown to not work. There's no evidence at all that children that are exposed to those kind of programs use drugs uh, less than their peers, use different drugs. There's nothing safer about the behaviour that it encourages. Um so that's a little bit about the positioning of the federal government in the United States at the moment. I think they've got a fight on their hands. There's, you know, over half of the states in, in the US now have some kind of legal marijuana program, be it medical, recreational. And um, I think they're just going to pick a fight that they can't possibly win when, when it comes to cannabis. Uh, and a bit of an amusing one. It turns out that the federal government in the United States can't grow weed for shit. Um, MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Science, has publicly released uh, essentially their, their review of the, the cannabis that they've received from um, uh, NIDA, I think it is, the National Institute of uh, Drug Abuse. And that NIDA are the only organization which are allowed to legally grow cannabis for research in the United States. And it turns out they're pretty damn bad at it. The, the cannabis was moldy. Um, it, it wasn't considered suitable for human use in, in research trials. Um, and, and it wasn't tested for a whole range of things. The potency was, was not what it was meant to be. And it just... It was full of stems as well, wasn't it? And, and, it was it and looked, leafy. And it looked pretty bad. There was an article on Vox.com like that um, said it looked like something that you'd scrape off the bottom of your shoe after walking through a wet paddock or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it did sort of have that um, that look of the... Uh, I, I don't know if I'm throwing out a, an, an awkward... Um, thing here but like the 15 year olds that tried to sell oregano as pot to their other 15 year old <laughs> friends that's the kind of thing they had going for it so well done u.s yeah. government um and, and in one just quick another quick one from the united states a little bit of uh happier news i guess there's an organization there um that are working to ensure that the the racial disparity of the drug war isn't continued into the legal business so they've drawn up a um a model for involving people of color, uh, different communities that may have received in the past a drug conviction. Um, 
in some of the legal frameworks, these people are locked out of the market, meaning that 99% of the cannabis owners are white people. So mm. we've had a, a we've had a, a kind of a racist drug war, and these are organisations that are working on making sure that we don't have a racist drug piece. Uh, I want to ask you something, Ash. What does a drug user look like? What does a drug use? Uh, pretty much anyone. I'm pretty sure we all use drugs of some kind, like, you know, 99% of us. So. But if, you, if you're thinking in terms of, like, the mainstream media, what, what's a druggie? Give us a picture of a junkie, mate. You know, drug what, kids. What do they the look like? Faces of meth. Yeah. Scabby, pale, you know, sketchy looking. Yeah, oh, not much. Just, just get on looking life, particularly mate. unhealthy yeah. would, be, would be probably the standard stereotype. So Vice This Week has a uh, column... Uh, from Alison Tierney, who is, uh, I think she's at Indark. I'll have to look that up. Alison Tierney, why we need to destroy the concept of what a drug user looks like. Um, and she was talking about just those sort of images that we uh, hopefully brought to your mind. You might have seen the Faces of Meth campaign as well. Uh, it was uh, launched in Oregon in the US in 2004 and really uh, spread around. And, and the idea was, oh, here's somebody before meth and here's after meth. And, you know, after meth, they're, they're, their hair's all raggedy and they've got sunken kind of look and they look a bit unhealthy and... You know, they're, they're trying to say, well, this is the reality of it. Alison pulls apart this a little bit and points out that uh, in a lot of these situations, there's a lot of other things going on. There might be um, uh, a lot of uh, poly drug use of um, multiple different kinds, um, some, you know, rough parts, rough patches in, in people's lives a lot. But she also points out the fact that um, drug users aren't just one homogenous looking thing. And um, she said that there was a uh, an article or a story that unfolded in uh, Canada, I think it was, uh, where oh, people were just shocked at this, this couple that were addicted to opiates and they just looked like normal people and, oh, how's that? And, they, and people get all, all funny and shocked about it. But the, the reality is that most of the people that you might conjure as the, the drug users sort of, yeah, it's, that's, that's not that's not everyone and there are a lot of other issues that people who are that caricature have and to caricature them like in in that manner um can be quite you know it's otherizing it's 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 separating them and going oh they're just the dirty junkies that's what drugs do kids um but that a forgets that lots of people take drugs of all sorts of different kinds and don't look like that and b those people probably have a lot of other issues going on in their lives so that was a uh, on vice um good article um and the previous story that i mentioned it's the minority minority cannabis business association and you can find them on minoritycannabis.org and they have model legislation up there to to um address the issues of racial stuff and one of the things i didn't mention a moment ago is they actually call for reparations drug war reparations and that's a reinvestment a social reinvestment into areas that have potentially been negatively affected by the drug war. Um, you've had a lot of uh, black men in particular locked up over drug crimes, and you've got whole areas that have had a social impact from all of that. Uh, do you have any last news for I us? do, just yep. a quick one. Um, the Australia 21 group, which released a report five years ago, um, almost to the day, um, calling for a national debate on drug policy, are uh, just about to release their next report tomorrow, I believe, the, the 20th of March. Uh, and Alex Wodak, who was one of the authors of that report and leading uh, campaigner 
uh, advocate, has written a, uh, a blog piece up there really calling on politicians to just stop with the same tired old rhetoric. He calls out the Andrews government for um, using uh, the drug war as a distraction from their own political problems yep. in the state. Yep. Um, while the rest of the world is moving ahead, Australia is still treading water on drug policy. Very stagnant. Uh, we are going to be speaking with uh, Socialist Councillor Stephen Jolly soon about the Medically Supervised Injecting Centre proposal for Melbourne. Uh, and we're also going to be speaking to ACT Greens uh, MP Shane Rattenbury uh, about a campaign that the Greens and the ACT have launched. Uh, another of many campaigns on the road to try and get uh, pill testing happening. Right now, this is Big F and Robots Machine Control on Psychedelia.
Harm reduction refers to policies, programs, and practices that aim primarily to reduce the adverse health, social, and economic consequences of the use of legal and illegal psychoactive drugs without necessarily reducing drug consumption. Harm reduction benefits people who use drugs, their families, and the community. If you want to know more about harm reduction in Victoria, head to hrvic.org.au. Harm Reduction Victoria is a non-profit, user-based and user-governed organisation which aims to educate, inform, support and advocate for people who use drugs, their friends, families and broader community. Push on a pedal, push on a pedal, get your heart started. Push on a pedal, push it down and up again. Push on a pedal. You have to try very hard not to have fun on a push bike. Yarrabug, a show about bikes. Get on your bike. Riding them. Sit on the seat. Fixing them. Push your feet on the pedal. Loving them. And ride it all around. Mondays, 10am to 10.30 here on 3CR. Push your feet on the pedals. And ride it all around, ride it all around. Three CR Community Radio, eight five five AM digital and streaming at three cr.org.au. My name's Nick. This is in Psychedelia, where we're talking all things drug issues and talking about a number of campaigns that we have been following over the past uh Coming up on two years that In Psychedelia has been broadcast on 3CR, uh, two of those issues, two very important issues that keep coming up, especially um, around this sort of time of year, are that of the medically supervised injecting centre, a much needed harm reduction measure uh, for the Melbourne area. And of course, pill testing, something that has uh, been widely spoken about um, and a measure that would would save lives but is unfortunately uh, meeting a lot of um, uh, political obstacles as the as the uh, debate goes on on the line now we have councillor Stephen Jolly of Langridge Ward from the Arras City Council uh, that ward is where 3CR is located uh, he's a socialist councillor and is um, holding a meeting next week and at the meeting uh, there's there's a couple of proposals but Stephen welcome to the program good afternoon uh, now, Stephen, can you run us through what uh, the meeting will be about and what, what's going to be proposed uh, at this meeting? Well, the meeting is going to be pulling together locals from North Richmond and South Abbotsford who are dealing every day with the ice and heroin industry. They live in what is essentially ground zero for that industry here in Melbourne. And also um, people who are in favour of... Um, who live right around Melbourne who are in favour of protesting at clubs and festivals. Um, they're, they're separate issues, but they're linked. And um, the common theme is that current drug policy is total failure. And we need to, um, to have it changed. And if the politicians won't listen to it, um, we're going to push the envelope a little bit and involve ourselves if necessary with some direct action. So you've got a number of speakers, a number of uh, familiar names for those that listen uh, to In Psychedelia that will be speaking there. Um, can you uh, tell us about some of the uh, speakers that will be chatting at your events? Yeah, well, look, we've got some experts, Dr. Monica Barrett. We've got somebody from Rainbow Serpent Festival, Students for Sustainable Drug Policy. And really, they'll just be going over um, what most people in my area already agree with, that drug policy is not working, law and order approach is not working, and it has to be changed because the current policy is causing people to die, causing people to be injured, and it's, it's, it's dreadful. Um, and that's the easy bit. 
The second thing, though, is insofar as the state government won't allow Yarra Council, despite the fact that it unanimously supports a child use of the safe injection facility in area to do it, are we just going to sit back and wait? Or are we going to actually do it anyway? Um, the same thing with pill testing. We know that um, the lack of pill testing um, can lead to people dying. It ha it's happening at the moment at festivals and to a lesser degree at clubs. Do we just let that happen? Or do we go ahead... Um, as a public body, as a city councillor myself and politicians in the area generally, backed by the community, and actually undertake some type of direct action. Unjust laws deserve to be broken, and they need to be broken. That's the lesson of history. And right now, um, that's what we're, we're looking at preparing for at this meeting on Wednesday. So it's going to be a very important meeting. So we've been uh, speaking pretty regularly with Greg Denham, the executive director of the Yarra Drug and Health Forum, who have been uh, behind a push for a medically supervised injecting centre in the North Richmond area uh, for uh, pro probably decades now. It's been quite some time. Uh, and we've also seen recent moves by uh, Australian Sex Party MP Fiona Patton uh, to get uh, a bill before Parliament and uh, get approval uh, from the government for the medically supervised injecting centre, which, as, as you say, it's, it's, it's been a long time. Time, um, and the government still isn't budging uh, on this issue. Uh, does your uh, does your plan to, um, uh, to 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 get some community mobilisation uh, help uh, the efforts of, of these uh, of these groups of these others that are pushing for this plan? Yes, because nothing happens outside of people power. Four years ago or three years ago, when we um, won the fight to stop the East West Tunnel, when everyone said we couldn't, it was done on the basis of mobilising people in the area that the Labour Party, who were in opposition at the time, realised that they didn't come to the party, they would lose all the initiatives in the Greens. And that's what's going to happen if they don't make the move um, to shift policy between now and next year's state election. Um, we've been organising long before Fiona Patton, long before um, Greg, with all due respect, going back right back to 1999, I organised myself to very large demonstrations in Smith Street when the... Um, drug issue, the heroin problem was actually on Smith Street in Collingwood rather than in North Richmond. Um, we marched to Otter Street public toilet where six people had died in what was effectively an unsafe injecting facility. Um, the Labour Party then in opposition agreed for a safe injecting facility. They unexpectedly won the state election a few months later and then promptly reversed policy and we're, you know, right now in the same position as we are back then. So that's why we've chosen this time and this way to try and force the issue. Because if um, the Labour Party thinks that they can just ignore common sense, that they can stick to the current law and order policy and then wander into next year's state election and expect support from people in the inner city, well, they're, they're dreaming. It's just not going to happen. I mean, the logic of what they're saying is that effectively law and order, if we just had enough of it, it's going to work well. In the Philippines right now, the president is literally given a green light to the to the police to murder to you know seven thousand deaths since he came to power last year. I mean that's law and order at its most extreme level, um, and yet it hasn't in any way, shape, or form impacted um, on the availability of drugs or the drug industry because people, like it or not, are going to take drugs. They're going to smoke and they're going to drink, um, and we have to manage it. Um, and unless we want to go to an even more extreme version of the Philippines, which probably wouldn't work anyway, well then we just got to get real and move towards harm minimisation, which part of the solution, it's not a magic wand, but part of the solution is a safe injecting facility, more um, prevention um, um, opportunities for people who want to get off and rehab opportunities for people who want to get off, especially the ice.
and, um, and pill testing, just like we would do with alcohol, just like we would do with food, and so also we should do with, um, with, 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 with pills. So you also mentioned um, pill testing is on the agenda for this meeting. Uh, pill testing has been widely spoken about. We had the uh, Melbourne University Students for Sensible Drug Policy uh, say that they were going to start uh, handing out reagent test kits. Uh, we know that there's a number of people uh, conducting uh, their own uh, sort of clandestine uh, pill testing using reagent test kits. And we also uh, know that reagent test kits are uh, widely available. They are a legal product. There's nothing illegal about a reagent test kit until you tested a legal drug with it. Uh, so what, what sorts of things are you proposing uh, or will the meeting be discussing uh, around pill testing? Well, I mean, people are going to do that very, very brave work that is being underdone at certain places um, at the moment and in the past and years. And, and, and that's absolutely amazing what um, these brave people have done to save lives by, by testing illegally, but um, basically doing it because they know it's the right thing to do. That's going to continue anyway. What we're looking at doing is, is a public event um, that quite openly, publicly and consciously breaks the law, try and provoke and provoke, take this to the next level. Um, we believe that the, 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 the you know, the, 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 the genesis of, of Dr. Andrews, Mr. Sorry, Premier Andrews' position, and he's the one in cabinet who's been most extreme against any if on um, safe executive facility is that he will lose votes. He has to be seen as law and order. He's going to lose votes out in the suburbs and in the sticks if he has to move on this. He's out of touch. That's what we're, that's what we're saying. We're saying that if that was tested, he would be very, very shocked and surprised um, that you know, middle-class and working-class families of all ages right throughout this state have now come to the conclusion that current drug policy is a total failure and they are looking for new solutions. And we know what those solutions are. We want to trial them here at Yarra. We've got the support of the community, the unanimous support of the council. Please let us do that. Um, and we need to up the ante on that to get some action in the next um, 18 months in the run-up to next year's election. Does seem like there are a, a number of groups that are pushing for changes now. Uh, we're also speaking with uh, Shane Rattenby from the ACT uh, about uh, a push for pill testing over there. Um, we've we've seen uh, various different different uh, different groups in, engaging in this area. So I think I think it's it's fairly clear that the tide really is changing uh, and moving towards more sensible drug policy. Um, now, over on Friday, the Victorian government just wrapped up a uh, a fairly wide ranging inquiry into drug law reform. Um, are you aware of this uh, inquiry and uh, have any have any feelings about it? We're going to have to wait a year until anything happens, but do you have any, any feelings about that? Well, it's just a typical Labour Party approach to a complicated issue. They'll have an inquiry, they'll have a conference, they'll commission a report that um, very few people will read anything more than the executive summary of, um, to look like that they're doing something. But the key policy initiatives that all the experts are saying um, are being ignored. Safe injective facilities, pill testing, um, and, you know, as long as that's going to take, that, that, that's reality. Uh, no amount of policy reform, um, conferences, commissioning of reports from expensive consultants is going to really make, make any difference whatsoever. So I think they should just save the money and just instead allow the council to do what everybody in the area wants us to do, which is to have the trial of a safe injective facility as a la King's Cross and many other places in the world and let us prove 
to them and to any doubters that this is that this is um you know this is definitely the way to go and will save lives. It'll take illicit drug use off the streets. There'll be less needles on the street. It'll protect people when they OD or if they OD from um you know from dying. And it's it's something that we have to keep fighting for. We will be keep fighting for until we get victory on this because it's literally a life and death question for some people. This is in Psychedelia on 3CR Community Radio, 855am digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. Right now speaking with Councillor Stephen Jolly uh, of the Yarra City Council uh, about a meeting happening next Wednesday, uh, that's the 22nd of March, uh, from 7pm at the Yarra Hotel in Abbotsford, 295 Johnson Street. If you want to find it on Facebook, it's called Community Mobilisation, Safe Injecting Facility and Pill Testing, and we will post a link on the Facebook as well. Uh, before we we finish up, Stephen. Um, the 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 biggest problem in all of this is uh, community opinions uh, around um, drug use. Now we, we know that there is a, a strong and growing community of people that are just looking uh, for reform that will make sure that people uh, at the forefront and people's health are at the forefront of these uh, of these policies rather than sort of moral posturing. But to those that are, might be listening right now and thinking, hmm, this still doesn't sit well with me. I feel like we're, we're condoning drug use if we do this. Do you have any anything that might um, you might be able to say that might uh, shift their minds? Well, I mean, like 15,000 people die a year because of alcohol. 5,000 people die a year because of cigarettes. You know, you're talking, you know, um, ice deaths, maybe around 200, you know, less. Uh, so with those much more dangerous uh, and lethal drugs of alcohol and, and cigarettes. We manage them, we tax them, we limit their availability, we limit their advertising, and we try to harm minimize. Um, and that's why, for example, with cigarette use, it's every year it's falling and falling and falling. For some reason, we've, uh, which you know, can be explained, you know, in, if we had a lot more time, which we. Um, other drugs entirely differently and what a disaster it is they've never been more available there's never been more people using them and uh, especially when it comes to ice this huge um, you know it's a driver of the prison industry uh, and a whole range of other antisocial behavior so we just need to get real and if you don't agree with that fine but at least let that area of Melbourne that does agree with it which is Yarra to have a trial and uh, let's see in six months or a year as to whether that works or not Councillor Stephen Jolly, thank you for joining us on In Psychedelia this afternoon and good luck on Wednesday. Thank you. In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. You can get your copy of 3CR's book for $49.50 at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Or online at 3cr.org. Get a piece of your own history. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. Three CR Community Radio, eight five five AM digital and streaming at the website three cr.org.au. This is in Psychedelia. We're talking all things drugs uh, today and 
every Sunday from 2pm. Um, and right now we're talking pill testing and the hashtag Keep Canberra Safe campaign, which has recently been launched by the ACT Greens. Right now on the line I have Shane Rettenbury, uh, member for the Legislative Assembly uh, in the ACT Parliament. Shane, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Now, Shane, could you uh, just fill us in a little bit about what the campaign hashtag Keep Canberra Safe is all about? We are keen to get a pill testing trial underway here in the ACT. We believe pill testing is a really important harm minimisation measure. And to date, uh, no one's been able to do it here. We've got some medical professionals and NGO groups who are keen to run pill testing at music festivals here in the ACT, and we want to see... Uh, the government clear the way for them so they can go ahead and do that. So what sort of uh, model of pill testing are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking an approach you would see at music festivals in Europe, essentially where there is a tent uh, with some medical professionals in it. They would, they would bring along uh, the equipment to do the analysis of the pills on the spot uh, and basically people would be free to come and have either the pill or a scraping tested. Uh, the idea being that uh, the, the medical professionals can then give you some feedback. We are concerned that in Australia we see high levels of unknown uh, components in many of these uh, so-called party drugs and uh, you know that has the real potential for people to die or get seriously ill as a result of those unknown ingredients. We've seen a lot of movements in uh, Victoria, New South Wales, uh, Queensland a little bit too, some, some discussions around getting pill testing uh, up and going. There has been pretty um, uh, resound opposition from both uh, government and, um, uh, and the, the primary opposition party in almost all of those states, um, especially New South Wales, which seems um, very against uh, any, uh, any kind of pill testing. Uh, what's, what's the, what's the uh, climate like in, in the ACT? Do you, do you think there's a bit more room for support there? Look, I think there is scope for support here. Um, as a Greens member, I'm part of a, a Labor Green government here, and we're certainly working very hard to convince our colleagues in the Labor Party uh, that this is an important way forward, you know, that the law and order approach to drug use hasn't worked. Uh, across Australia, people are getting sick or dying as a result of taking contaminated pills, that we need to take a health-focused and evidence-based approach to drug use. And we think a good starting point for that is a pill testing trial. Uh, they've been pill testing has proven to be effective overseas, where uh, you know people, have, many people have discarded their drugs after discovering the impurities in them and the risk to their health. Uh, and that's something we want. We want young people to be able to take informed decisions when it comes to whether they consume these drugs or not. I think just saying don't do it or the just say no approach is not effective. We need something more sophisticated and more nuanced. And that's all we've been seeing, especially from uh, uh, people like the, I can't remember if he's current or former now, New South Wales Police Minister Troy Grant, who uh, has been really uh, actively against any pill testing, calling it a, uh, a quality control campaign for drug dealers um, and that sort of thing. And we often hear the, the rhetoric of, uh, you know, it's, it's like playing Russian roulette. But no matter how, how long these, these people say this, and, and I was actually looking through uh, the Victorian Hansard from the 1970s when the uh, drug 
Drugs, Poisons and Controlled Substances Act, uh, our, our Drug Control Act here in Victoria, was first implemented. And, and you read it, and it could be Hansard today. It's almost exactly the same rhetoric, and it's been going for 40, 50 years, and yet they, they still haven't realised that just saying these words is, is meaningless um, to the people that it, that it actually affects. So hashtag keep Canberra safe uh, is, is the campaign. Do you have a timeline for, uh, for, for how you're expecting things to pan out? So do you have an event maybe that you're hoping to do the test at? Look, there are a number of events in Canberra uh, and we've got a consortium now who are really keen to move forward. But the trick is getting, I guess, a supporting government to actually allow this to happen. We are, we've launched a petition as part of the Keep Canberra Safe campaign and I intend to present that uh, in the next sitting of the parliament. So we, we're trying to get some momentum behind this because we are keen to, to run this as soon as possible. Uh, you know, we've been fortunate in the ACT. We've not had any, any deaths here, uh, unlike where we have seen in, other, in Victoria and New South Wales where people have died. We've been fortunate here, but we want to keep it that way and we want to get this started as soon as possible. I must admit I'm not as familiar with the uh, ACT festival and, and party scene as I am with uh, Victoria and New South Wales. I know that uh, Dragon Dreaming Festival is a, is a fairly big alternative music uh, festival, but it's, mm. I think it's just outside of the Capital Territory in New South Wales, isn't it? It is just across the border. Just We've got Groove in the Moo here as part right. of the National Groove in the Moo Tour and uh, a new festival launched this year or just late last year called Spilt Milk, which ran just before Christmas. That was really a replacement for the old Foreshore Festival you might be familiar with. <laughs> Hang on, Foreshore Festival in Canberra? Where are your foreshores? On the edge of the lake, oh, Lake right. Burley Griffin. Everyone <laughs> remembers it from their school excursion to Canberra. Yes, yeah, no, that's good. Lake Burley Griffin, is it? Yes, it yeah, is. That's I, the one. I do remember these things from my... But yes, it's not as big a scene here. I mean, we are only a city of 400,000, but we've, you know, we've got four universities here. And I think something like a pill-testing trial... You know, it may be focused at a festival in the first instance, but there's no reason why it couldn't be rolled out at other occasions. On on Saturday night in our key nightclub district, those sort of things are all, I think, possible ideas. Uh, but a, a festival does obviously provide a useful focus to, to target. Absolutely. And and as you say, with the uh, Saturday night sort of nightclub type model, that is something that already happens uh, in the Netherlands and in, in other parts of Europe where uh, there are centres that people can go, not even just on Saturday nights, I think it's any time of the week, uh, get their substances tested and those uh, centres also put out wide-ranging warnings for not just the locals but for tourists as well um, to uh, implement harm reduction and, and ensure that that good information is out there. Now, um, there are opponents to this this sort of thing. There are those, as, as I mentioned before, the sort of Troy Grants of the world who say things like, oh, it's just quality testing for drug dealers. What do you say to people that um, put forth this sort of idea? Look, we've had that same reaction from the leader of the Conservative Party here in the ACT, and I think that's a head-in-the-sand approach. The reality is, is that people are experimenting, they're taking drugs... And my approach is very much a pragmatic one, a harm minimisation, the one that says, I don't want people to die simply from experimenting or, you know, or choosing to take these drugs. It's just not worth it. It's about saving lives, and that's the most human thing we can do in this space. If you want to find out more about the hashtag Keep Canberra Safe campaign, you can type in that hashtag to social media or head to the website keepcanberrasafe.org.au um, where you can also sign the petition. Uh, are you just looking for Canberra residents or would anyone uh, be uh, welcome? Anybody's welcome. I mean, I think this is it is a national issue and I think if we can get something going here in the ACT and other jurisdictions can see it, 
uh, and see that it works effectively, uh, hopefully then we can see it spread into other states as well. So cooperate across those jurisdictional boundaries Absolutely. and hopefully if we see some movement in the ACT uh, before Victoria gets it done, then um, then we'll be able to leverage off that. But if something doesn't happen in the ACT and we get it done in Victoria, then you guys will be able to have that. We all need to work together on this because um, it's, it's a space that uh, just needs the change to happen, really. That's it. It is about saving lives, taking a harm minimisation approach and being bold enough to accept that what we've done in the past uh, hasn't worked. And I think your observation about the fact that, that we're hearing the same arguments now as we heard 30, 40, 50 years ago uh, speaks to the fact that we're doing what we've always done and it has failed. So it is time to try something, a new approach. Shane Rattenby, uh, Rattenbury, member for the Legislative Assembly in the ACT. Uh, thank you for joining us on In Psychedelia this afternoon. Thanks very much. And good luck with the campaign too. Thank you. It is 3CR Community Radio 855am digital and streaming at 3cr.org.au. My name's Nick Ash here as well, and we're going to run through some events that are coming up uh, in the next uh, couple of weeks. If you want to keep your eye out for some things, do you want to start with one of them? Uh, well, today, this yes. very day, this afternoon, you can find the free cannabis community down at Flagstaff Gardens, um, and they'll be there probably until about five or six o'clock. Yep. Mm. Uh, and my understanding is it's another cannabis-free event, so leave the bong at home if you're planning to go down, um, and just head down and meet some other cannabis enthusiasts. They'll yes. have a sausage sizzle and all the usual kind of swag. Sometimes a bit of music there, I think. Um, yeah. It depends on how things are going. It's a pretty lovely afternoon as well, so I think it'll probably be a, a good day for that. Um, I also did see some news from the free cannabis community that they have recently incorporated it as an association, which means they're stepping things up a, up a level, I, uh, I guess, um, to take on some more things in the future. Um, as we were speaking with um, earlier, uh, Councillor Stephen Jolly, about the harm reduction um, event, community mobilisation, safe injecting facility and pill testing, uh, that's happening this Wednesday, 7pm at the Yarra Hotel in Abbotsford, 295 Johnson Street. Uh, and it is going to be a uh, discussion about these two issues. Um, that's the safe injecting centre and pill testing. A uh, number of people speaking, including Dr Monica Barrett, Tim Harvey, uh, one of the organisers of Rainbow Serpent Festival. Um, Students for Sensible Drug Policy, I believe you're speaking, Ash. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be speaking and I'm pretty sure that Nick Kent, the chapter president from Melbourne Uni, will be speaking as well. And of course, uh, hearing from Yarra councillor Stephen Jolly as well. So if this is something you're interested in, uh, then please head along 7pm on Wednesday night. Uh, you can find more details on the Facebook event and we'll share that to the Encyclopedia Facebook as well. Now, what else do we have coming up? Uh, I, there'll be the SSDP monthly meeting in the start of April. I That'll saw be the first Corova. Thursday at yes. Corova is the plan. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, I did, there was one other one. Um, a, uh, a friend of the show, uh, Dan and Grumpy Wombat, uh, they're putting on their second part of the Gimme Shelter uh, party series. The first one was held back in the start of December, I believe. Uh, and they're raising money for the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre. Uh, they had a lot of um, psytrance and that kind of uh, music last time. This time it's uh, bass and hip-hop type music. Uh, so, so far they've got uh, Manix, Wonky Rose with Miss Money Toast, T-Mech and Face Invader. 
there will be more announcements soon. Um, it's happening on the 8th of April uh, from 10.30 at the Sub Club uh, Flinders Court in the CBD. And again, if you want more information, we'll, we'll chuck that up on the Facebook page. But it's Gimme Shelter Part 2, Bass Beats and Rhymes. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's another thing. The, um, <clears throat> the, the Victorian Parliamentary Inquiry into Drug Law Reform has just closed this week for submissions. So they'll be beginning their work of kind of pouring over all that information and evidence to, to release their report in a year's time. But another inquiry into the establishment of a supervised injecting facility will be opening soon. I think it's... Uh, Accepting submissions now, if I okay. remember correctly. I was just having a flick through the website yeah. on Friday, and um, I believe that's what I saw. So um, that will, I think that's going to be leading toward um, a proposal from the Victorian government, hopefully, um, to actually get this done. Um, and I think I think this sort of came up in our discussion with um, Stephen Jolly a bit earlier, but it can be a bit frustrating sometimes when things go on and on and on and there's so much talk and so much time spent on that talk and never anything decisive done. And it's it's difficult with these sort of politically uh, heated uh, or politically charged um, issues, especially around drugs, because there is a lot of myth and a lot of stigma um, that even when you have all the people that know what they're talking about saying we must do it this way, there will still be people going, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not so sure about this, you know, drug stuff. I don't want to be uh, encouraging people to use drugs. That's, you know, that's it's, not what I'm about. It's a conversation we've been having for nearly 20 years here in Victoria, the mm. supervised injecting facility, and I think... People just want them to get on with it now. Yep, get on with it, get it done. Uh, this is In Psychedelia. My name's Nick and Ash is with me too. We are just about finished up for this afternoon. Uh, but if you do want to find out uh, anything that we've been talking about on the show, please find us on social media or head to the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, uh, where you can also uh, follow the links to the In Psychedelia program page, find our podcast and subscribe there, um, and also find our website, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and get in contact with us, especially if there's anything that you want to uh, maybe uh, let us know about that you have heard that we haven't mentioned or uh, make a contribution of some kind. We're always up for hearing that. Queering the Air is up next on 3CR, and we do hope you enjoy your sunny Sunday afternoon. See you later. This is In Psychedelia. Comments, complaints, or contributions are welcome. Jump on the 3CR website. 3cr.org.au and head to the Encyclopedia program page. Get in contact with us on Facebook or Twitter or send us an email. Encyclopedia does not condone or condemn people who use drugs for their choices. Our aim is to present the diverse intersections of psychoactive drugs and society. If you are concerned about your own drug use or a friend's drug use, DirectLine provides a free and confidential counselling service 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call 1-800-888-236. In Psychedelia will be back on 3CR from 2pm next Sunday. You've been listening to a 3CR community radio podcast of Encyclopedia. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.